Our goal is to make as much money for the shareholders as we can in the nearer term, which means the next year to two years, not long term. Joining us for a conversation is Rano Pertu, the CEO of Provenance Gold. Mr. Pertu, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you on the program to have you introduce us to Providence Gold, which I have to tell you has some very compelling gold and silver projects throughout Nevada. And as of this morning, has expanded their footprint into Oregon. Before we delve into company specifics, Mr. Pertu, please introduce us to Providence Gold and the exciting opportunity the company presents to shareholders. Uh, we have right now uh, three projects in Nevada that I think are all individually exciting and one in Oregon that I think is a game changer. Uh, we have a project called White Rock uh, in northeastern uh, corner in Nevada that I think is going to become a very serious major deposit. Uh, we have a project uh, called Mineral Hill, which is a silver project that uh, is potentially a large bulk mineable silver target. We have one in southern central Nevada that uh, has a flow dome complex that I think is going to be a, a gold uh, surface mine with deep potential for high grade as well. And then we have the Oregon project, which is recently acquired, which has a proven drilled resource of multi-million ounce gold right now at a higher than average grade for open pit mines. Let's find out more. Mr. Pertu, please introduce us to your property bank, which is strategically located throughout elephant country, and that is regarded in the top jurisdiction for exploration and mining, Nevada. Sir, take us to Nevada and introduce us to the flagship White Rock Gold Project. The White Rock Project was brought to us by uh, Jerry Boffman, and uh, we looked at the project. The reason we uh, took it on was because Steve Craig, our project manager and expert for Nevada, had drilled it for Kennecott years ago and loved the project. Uh, in that uh, work that uh, we did from historic data that we had acquired, we recognized that the property was much bigger than what was brought to us. So we expanded it to 258 claims, about 5,160 acres. And in that acreage, we have an area 3.2 kilometers by 1.6 kilometers that is virtually continuously surface mineralized. Uh, that project, we started drilling in uh, last year in the spring of uh, 2021, and we put in 35 holes that added to 65 holes that were drilled historically that all showed a bulk tonnage half gram per uh, uh, half a gram per ton. Uh, gold system that appears to be continuous in, the, in sedimentary rocks. And we are looking not only at the bulk tonnage potential, but we think at the end of our drilling program, we found first the feeder structure that will bring higher grades and actually increase the overall grade as we move forward. Continuity and feeder zone, I love that. Uh, now, Providence Gold believes the geology of the White Rock Mineral System has similarities to the geology of the nearby Black Pine Gold System in Southern Idaho. Can you expand on that for us? Uh, that is what intrigued me right off the bat. Uh, I've had a lot of background in thrust folding and thrust complexes. And uh, when I looked at the geology of the Black Pine of Liberty Gold there, about 50 miles to the east, it was virtually identical. It's a, a, their mineralization is within a thrust zone package and uh, that thrust package is uh, gold mineralized. Uh, we uh, are in, the, I believe, the same thrust uh, package 
but we're higher in the system. So we're looking at a, a structure that is a our arched dome. A dome is uh, basically that kind of a structure out there that uh, has been faulted as, uh, as part of the doming and it's formed by the thrusting underneath. Uh, so what we're looking at is the same aged rocks, the same uh, lithology uh, as uh, black pine, and I believe uh, a system that is going to repeat uh, uh, as well as uh, as another area that we have to the west. So we have two potential black pine type deposits uh, under control right now. And speaking of the lithology, can you share the historic exploration work? Uh, the project was actually uh, looked at by several companies, including Kennecott, and uh, they drilled widely spaced holes. The widely spaced holes had uh, uh, up to over uh, 300 feet of uh, continuous gold mineralization and uh, nobody ever put it together and, and the reason they never put it together is company a would come in and they would uh, look at uh, one part of the project company b would come in and look at a different one when steve craig's uh, company kennecott with, in which i was in senior management years in the past uh, came and looked at it uh, they were looking uh, for a higher grade system which was in vogue at that time they wanted at least several grams of gold per ton today by the way the average grade of the nevada mines about half a gram which is what this project is so they walked even though steve was intrigued and he actually hit one of his holes went 5.7 grams and one of the zones that we have not yet followed up on uh, that project uh, is going to continue to expand uh, as we drill to the south because the best surface shows we have not yet reached with our drill rig uh, so what we did was we started at the north end worked our ways uh, southeastward until the weather drove us south and may i ask this as well you referenced that you began your inaugural drill campaign how many pending assays are there still uh it, we have gotten all the assays for this season back already uh, that, that was 35 holes. Uh, we had a terrible problem with drilling that will not be a problem with a mine. And that's that uh, as we uh, came into the uh, main gold area, we would run into open fractures, big cracks in the rock. And uh, the reason that, that becomes a problem is uh, with a drill rig uh, and the cracks in the rock, you can lose your drill steel, which we did on more than one occasion. And we can also get stuck and back out because you don't want to drill any further. Uh, we worked around that problem and uh, we ended up with a uh, solution going forward. But what we have outlined now is a uh, gold area that is going to extend. Uh, we have extended it right now for about a kilometer and a half. We are, are planning on extending it another kilometer and a half heading southward into an area that has the best surface shows of uh, any part of the property not yet drilled. <laughs> well, before we leave the White Rock, what work is currently being conducted there, sir? Uh, we are right now having Steve and a couple of his assistants uh, working on uh, getting a 43101 presentation to show the resource as it stands at the moment. And, and beyond that, uh, we are also putting together a detailed structural picture. Uh, what we found is that the dome itself is mineralized in sedimentary rocks, but uh, the higher grade portions 
are in the feeder structures that bring the mineralization into those uh, dome structures. And, and uh, the detailed geology is starting to fall into place when they go back in and look at the chip tray. Leaving Nevada, let's visit Oregon, where Providence Gold announced today that it expanded its footprint with the newly acquired El Dorado property, which hosts not one, not two, but three historic resource estimates. Mr. Pertu, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Please acquaint us with the El Dorado property, beginning with the location, and what can you share with us about the historic resource estimates? Okay, well, first of all, the reason that we got into this was, A, because we had done a great job by Jerry Boffman's uh, estimate on White Rock, and we're doing that. And so he offered this, uh, at, which was being looked at hard by a major, and uh, we basically got first rights ahead of the major, which I was very pleased with. But uh, that project is in Harney County in the eastern part of the state near Nevada. And uh, it's in a, a county that, contrary to Western Oregon, is very friendly to mining and is treated separately from the permitting difficulties that you hear about in Western Oregon. So uh, we, uh, I, in fact, I'll back up. Uh, I have a good friend who's a regulator, the chief regulator for that area for, uh, for uh, Oregon. Uh, who has now just retired, unfortunately. But anyway, he uh, told me that uh, Oregon was uh, misconstrued by the outside world. He said, you can permit a mine in Oregon, in Eastern Oregon, and that there is one that is being mined or permitted successfully right now. Uh, and he said, we should be tackling this before everybody recognizes the, the error of their ways. And this is a great area to be in. <laughs> so uh, we, we tackled the project. Uh, we were stunned to find out that uh, it had had uh, three estimates by Billiton and by Icon in the past. Uh, and uh, they had drilled uh, 142 holes, done trenching and all this other testing uh, way back historically, maybe 30 years ago. And uh, those results uh, originally on 150 holes were... Uh, on the order of about 800,000 ounces. Uh, then uh, ICON took uh, the data and drilled 50 more holes and expanded the resource to uh, about 2 million ounces at a grade of uh, uh, 022, uh, better than half a gram by, by uh, considerable. Mm -hmm. And then they did one more re-estimate on that thing a little bit later that jumped the area that they were comfortable with to 4 million ounces at a grade of 022 ounce per ton. And uh, the geologist who worked on that project uh, told us, because he's still around and, and still working, that uh, he uh, was uh, surprised to find that it was open in every direction that uh, resource is not going to stay at 4 million ounces in his estimation. It's going to expand considerably. Oh, that's encouraging to hear. Well, and, and that may actually answer my next question, but what has your team excited the most about the El Dorado property? Uh, two things. First of all, it has higher grade portions. Uh, it has places that uh, go to uh, as high as an ounce per ton. Uh, it, it's a, a system that uh, when they drilled it, they cut off most of the holes that at 500 feet, they were not looking for feeder structures. Uh, what has happened since then is uh, we have seen that the mineralization continues on down. Uh, it continues outward 
So we have a property where we can start at a much higher grade, but have an overall grade that's better than O2 ounce per ton, which is uh, unusually high for an open pit these days. All right, you have three resource, historic resource estimates, I should say. Does Providence Gold have a timeline on when the El Dorado property will become 43-101 compliant, and how will this come to fruition? What we are planning on doing this spring is uh, as soon as, uh, I'll back up one more time, uh, we've had a record snowpack in the Northwest. So that's going to possibly slow us down a few weeks. But uh, as soon as the snow is out uh, and we can get it permitted, the permitting process will be no longer than 30 days. Uh, But we will be putting a drill rig on site. That drill rig will focus on twinning some of these historic holes so that we can make those uh, holes compliant. Uh, As you may know, uh, uh, 43-101s have a different set of rules than they did before 43-101s. All of these holes were drilled prior to 43-101 requirements. So what we plan to do is to verify those holes, even though they were drilled for internal use by very reputable companies using very good labs. So we're, we're comfortable on the results. Uh, we're planning on drilling uh, possibly 15 to 20 confirmation holes uh, and uh, using that data to then uh, compile a 43-101 that will verify those resource estimates that were done in the past. And, and maybe this is too early to tell, but how many meters will that be, sir, of drilling? Uh, it, it's a little early off the top of my head, but uh, take 20, uh, 20 holes uh, at an average uh, depth of uh, five, 600 feet, and there's your number. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Leaving the El Dorado property, sir, please introduce us to the third compelling project in your portfolio, Mineral Hill, which looks to be endowed with tons of silver. Uh, Mineral Hill is uh, an an odd property. Uh, I uh, wasn't uh, taking it very seriously until uh, I went out and saw it and we acquired it because uh, it's a ridge that was mined for high-grade silver starting in 1868, and uh, that mining continued uh, until the 1930s. When they started it, uh, they were getting silver at at, uh, grades of about 140 ounces per ton. Uh, which is remarkable. Uh, uh, as they ended mining, they were in uh, 25 ounce per ton material, which by the way, the reason for the high grade was because it was secondarily enriched with silver dust. Uh, and uh, they were, when they got out of that secondary enrichment zone, the average grade of, the, of that zone was about 25 ounces per ton. Well, their waste rock and there's a copious, copious volume of waste rock on the property, a stunning amount of waste rock on that property, averages about 120 grams, between three and four ounces of silver per ton on bulk testing that was done prior to our coming in. Wow. So uh, you compare that to a project, a project uh, like uh, Coors uh, uh, Rochester mine, uh, which is mining a half ounce silver per ton, and you can see where three, four ounce silver per ton is a very economic number on a bulk tonnage situation. So we are going to be uh, putting a, we have a road that needs to be widened and improved, and we're going to get a drill rig in there probably toward the end of this coming summer because our priorities are the two that I mentioned earlier, and putting some confirmation holes into that silver structure. 
The reason I like it is it's uh, the mineralization is focused on a thrust fault that's standing on its end. And uh, that thrust fault has a zone of uh, mineralization about 300 feet, 100 meters wide a lot associated with it. Uh, that zone is about a kilometer uh, north-south. And uh, we think that there's no reason to have chopped off the mining in the old days, other than the fact that they ran into groundwater problems, which would not be a problem today. And I'm assuming that you will be twinning these holes as well? Uh, yes, very much. Well, actually, in that area, we don't need to. The package that, uh, 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 when you see that property, it looks like Swiss cheese. I, I mean, the, there are huge wor uh, workings in there. And uh, twinning holes isn't going to do us any good. What we're going to do is put angle holes across that thrust fault, working our way downhill. The, the, the deposit is on a funny little hogsback ridge like this. And uh, you can actually, which actually for mining is going to be wonderful because of strip ratios. But anyway, we're going to uh, drill from the side holes coming on in through the thrust zone and uh, chase it on down that way. Interesting. Leaving Mineral Hill, sir, introduce us to your fourth and final project, the Silver Bowl, which seems to be the perfect complement to Mineral Hill. Yes, uh, Silver Bow is uh, about 50 miles east of Tonopah in central South Nevada. And it's a uh, gold system that has been looked at by a lot of companies, but nobody put it together. Uh, it, we uh, came in there and recognized that uh, that whole district, which is about four miles long and uh, a couple of miles wide, is part of the same system associated with the caldera. And uh, when we looked at it, we recognized that uh, the geologists that had drilled it in the past uh, in one spot or another spot uh, had never put the package together because they didn't understand the geology. The geology is a caldera complex. Uh, it, within it, there are uh, flow domes, which are piles of uh, rhyolitic volcanics that are associated with a lot of the gold uh, discoveries in Nevada. I mean, uh, big discoveries. Uh, so what we are going to look at is uh, going to a flow dome complex that we've identified that has surface uh, sampling of a breccia zone that uh, is all economic potentially for open pick rate up to multigram and uh, look at that for an open pit. Yet at the same time, uh, there are swarms of veins that cross this flow dome, this volcanic pile. And uh, those flow dome uh, uh, structures, the, the veins are associated with a boiling zone. And those boiling zones in Nevada have been the host for some very high grade and elsewhere in the world, very high grade uh, gold discoveries. So uh, we're excited to uh, test the boiling zones of these uh, vein structures, as well as look at the bulk tonnage of Breccia zone that already has economic surface numbers across a big area. Have drill targets been identified and what is the plan moving forward? Uh, drill targets have been very much identified. We've done the, the geology on that thing. We know where the vein structures are. We're planning on uh, setting up and drilling across those vein structures. And if we can do it right, we're going to be drilling some of those uh, holes through that breccia zone that we already know is gold mineralized and into the, the vein swarms, uh, hopefully at their boiling zones. That's going to be a fun, exciting program. 
I'm looking forward to it. Now, before we leave the property bank multi-layered question, what is the next unanswered question for Providence Gold? When can we expect a response? What determines success? And when can we expect news flow? Okay, uh, first of all, on news flow, uh, the two news stories that are coming up uh, are going to be the 43-101s that are going to take the next two, three months to complete. Uh, the, the next major news flow that we're going to get is going to be uh, when we start doing the twinning at, at uh, El Dorado, uh, because that's going to, uh, I think, get eyes on us. Uh, when you have holes that you can drill that are up to multigram for several hundred feet uh, in continuously in gold, which the historic holes had, then uh, that's going to catch attention, especially because we're confirming a potentially multi-million ounce resource. Absolutely. Uh, so that our, oh, yes, sir, go ahead. Uh, I, I think you have to wonder what is our long-term plan? Well, obviously for a junior to advance major projects like this, we need uh, help or a partnership or a takeover. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, being as we already uh, appear to have snatched the El Dorado from uh, the jaws of a major, I, I think we're going to have interest as we move forward in, in that takeover, which would be uh, our, our goal is to make as much money for the shareholders as we can in the nearer term, which means the next year to two years, not long term. Now, leaving the project site, let's discuss some important topics germane to your projects. Are your projects 100% owned or do they have earning options? Uh, we have right now, uh, we have uh, an option on uh, El Dorado. That means that we will be paying $2 million over five years and we have 100% ownership uh, with the retained royalty. Uh, uh, on uh, uh, White Rock, uh, we are paying 250000 over five years, and we will own 100% with a retained royalty. Uh, the other two projects, uh, we have uh, very cheap deals that uh, will result in us taking them over, uh, over the next seven years and five years. Now, we're going to get into some numbers later in this discussion, but from a capital expenditure standpoint, how is infrastructure on your projects? Uh, for uh, actually, let's go back. They all have, by uh, standards elsewhere in the world, good infrastructure. By Nevada standards, you go off paved roads onto dirt road for a distance, and you're there. So they're they're accessible by drillers and by drill rigs right now. Uh, there are motels within driving distance, the, the whole package. So access is not a problem compared to working, for instance, in northern Canada. Oh, that's good to hear. Are you fully permitted? Uh, we are fully permitted as we need to be. Uh, our permitting will take place uh, as soon as the snow is gone at El Dorado. And uh, we have uh, confirmed that there will be no problem in permitting our drilling program there. Uh, on uh, White Rock, uh, we are permitted and uh, we actually are adjusting the permits now for the next round of drilling, which is not going to be any hurdle whatsoever. So uh, there's no hurdle that we see in permitting on any of the four projects, actually. Speaking of hurdles, we've discussed the good. Let's address the bad. What can go wrong and what are your action plans to mitigate that wrong? Uh, well, the the worst thing that can go wrong is gold price can go on the toilet, which I don't believe. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, 
The other uh, thing that we can run into is uh, any uh, changes in the national regulatory system regarding mining. Uh, I, I don't know that that's a risk, but that's a risk anywhere in the world. As far as our projects, uh, I don't see any major downside because we have the funding to drill these projects. Uh, we understand the geology and uh, overall, it's about as good a bet as you're going to get. Uh, I think a far safer bet than somebody like Bitcoin. <laughs> well, switching gears, let's introduce your board of directors and your management team who run the majority of the company's operations on a day-to-day -day basis, beginning with your board of directors, sir. Okay. Actually, the two people that have been really doing most of the work within the board of directors are Rob Clark, our president, and myself. And on a technical side, you have Steve Craig. What skill sets does he bring to the table? He's an outside consultant, but he's actually uh, a uh, integral part of the company. Uh, I've known Steve for uh, uh, 30 plus years. And uh, he, when he was uh, exploration manager for Nevada and Kennecott, uh, I was director of business development. We got to be friends. Uh, I trust him. Uh, he does really good work. He's been involved on discoveries across Nevada. And uh, I think that he will agree with me 100% that uh, we have two discoveries in the making right here. Who is Rano Pertu and what makes him qualified for the task at hand? Well, I have been, uh, well, first of all, I have my degrees in geology uh, and I started off in uh, geology uh, back in my early 20s. I am now an old fart <laughs> and I have been working in geology my entire career in various positions. I've made discoveries, uh, including a major gold system in uh, Montana. Uh, I have uh, uh, served in uh, senior positions, including uh, a director of business development for Kennecott. And uh, I have looked at uh, uh, properties around the world. Uh, I, my forte, I think, is actually in uh, deciding whether a project is going to be economically developable. Uh, and that's because uh, I have had a training from my first boss, who is a geological engineer, who said, uh, your your uh, position as geologist for Pacific Power, my first job, which formed NERCO at the time, uh, is not to be a geologist, but to make money for the company. And so I remembered that. And he taught me how to evaluate from a mining standpoint projects. And uh, I have always followed up on that. Uh, if you're going to have a mine, you have to cover all the red flags. You can't hide them. You have to face them. And, and that will actually be your first way of deciding whether it's a good or bad project. If you have a great project, but it's in the middle of Yellowstone Park, you're not going to do anything with it. So uh, we, we went down that road and uh, we have used those criteria in our company. So if we have a project, we know it's developable. We learned from the Yukon that even though everything else was right, if the cost is uh, going to be prohibitive and the season is going to be short for a junior, that's not the place to be. So we switched immediately when we made that discovery and are in a place you can work year round. Uh, the costs are very, uh, very good on, on a, a development and exploration basis. Well, I admire the veracity and the 
perfect blend of that geological and business acumen. It all comes together right here in Providence Gold. How about the boots on the ground? Who do you have on your technical team? Uh, right now, our main technical team is uh, Steve Craig and myself, and we have brought in uh, other geologists as we need to on a uh, part-time hiring basis. So uh, when we were drilling, we had two geologists that we brought in to sit on the drill rigs with Steve's supervision and my supervision of Steve. Let's the two of us, by the way, have a combined uh, history in the mining business uh, of more than 100 years. And, uh, <laughs> we, and we have both had extensive experience in both discovery and uh, pro property development in Nevada. Well, let's get into some more numbers here. Please provide us with the capital structure for Providence Gold. Uh, provenance right now, uh, as of uh, the uh, tranche that we just took in, uh, we have about 1.3 million in cash. And, and that is all we want to take in right now because we, we are very concerned about not diluting the company to maximize share value. Uh, we have a little less than 80 million shares outstanding right now and uh, about 33 million, as I recall, warrants. And we're trying to keep that number in that kind of a very manageable level uh, moving forward. Uh, we've been offered a lot more money, uh, but uh, we don't want to take it uh, until we need it. And by the way, one of the main reasons we don't want to take it is we think our company is highly undervalued. Uh, when you have two potential multi-million ounce projects and two other promising projects, and uh, you're trading at what we're trading at right now, there's something wrong with that picture. I think it's going to be corrected when we do our confirmation drilling at El Dorado. I have a Rolodex of names in the uh, space here that are very well recognized. And uh, that's the very reason why I have you on this program, because they feel the same way. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> All right, sir. How much debt do you have? Uh, zero. And what is your burn rate? Uh, we are... Uh, uh, when we are not drilling, uh, our, our burn rate is uh, uh, less than uh, about twenty. It's it's, uh, it's about twenty to thirty thousand dollars a month. And uh, the reason it's a hard number is you have payments on claims, you have all these other things that come up. So uh, our uh, burn rate is uh, call it thirty thousand dollars a month, but it fluctuates completely with what's going on with the program and the timing for. Uh, paying uh, our claims. In, in uh, the United States, uh, you pay claims uh, on the first day of August, and uh, it's not a large number, but it's a number that hits once a year. What percentage ownership does management have, and who are the major shareholders? I think we have about 15%, but uh, we uh, not only do we have that uh, ownership, uh, a lot of the early stock is in friendly hands. And so actually we are very comfortable that uh, we are in control of the company until we, uh, until we decide that we want to make a deal with a major. And in reference to that ownership, what is the float? I believe it was around 58 million. Is that correct? That, uh, that's what I was just exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And are there any redundant assets on the books that we should know about? No. Are there any change of control fees? And if yes, what is the compensation? Uh, no, there aren't. 
That's impressive. If someone is not aware, that is that's quite impressive. Very commendable, sir. And is management charging a consulting fee for any services? They're taking modest salaries. Other than that, uh, no uh, fees other than paying the consulting fees for Steve Craig on a regular uh, as a regular outside consultant. In closing, sir, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about? <laughs> Actually, I sleep very well. Good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> but uh, but uh, what uh, is frustrating to me right now is the fact that we have not gotten the recognition that I thought would be coming our way for having the package that we have and for how uh, high a quality package we have. Well, I remember offline you were talking about uh, your desire to, to leave a legacy. Do you want to expand on that? Uh, yeah, I, I am, as I said, an old fart. I'm in great health and all, all the rest of that. But nevertheless, uh, uh, I uh, uh, actually want to uh, leave something that is worthwhile that I can be remembered for and I can feel very happy about. So uh, to me, provenance is that vehicle. I think if we can make provenance a very successful company, uh, I will I will die happy. And Steve Craig, by the way, has, who's almost as old as I am, has exactly the same feeling that this is our, uh, our last hurrah. I hate that term, but that's what it is. And we're going to make it a good one. Last question, sir. What did I forget to ask? Oh... Uh, probably any embarrassing questions, and I can't think of anything embarrassing, so <laughs> I think you did a good job. Mr. Pertu, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Wishing you and Providence Gold the absolute best, sir. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.